Thank you for tuning in. We have an awesome show for you today where we interview Jake Friedman. Uh, This interview was from February and we're finally getting it up on the air. Excellent topic as we go A to Z, how you can work out at home and how to make the most out of whatever situation you're in, in an apartment building, uh, when you're traveling in a hotel, um, whatever, how to make the most out of your situation. We go deep, you'll get some good strategies, some good tools. You'll learn about Jake's motivation, why is he a trainer, you know, and how is he gonna be able to help you. Um, and then finish up with some fun, um, rapid fire questions and some fun bloopers as well uh, which is a new thing so seeing as Jake was one of the first trainers for this company uh, it's only fitting that we uh, try some new stuff so I hope you really enjoy this show and without further ado we'll get right into it thank you so welcome to Golden Home Fitness Radio where we're educating and empowering people to live longer fuller lives no matter their age today we have a special guest Jake Friedman um, this is actually the first live podcast interview we've done. Every other one has been on the phone, Google Hangouts, um, or adapted from some other medium like our panel discussion or a TV appearance. This is a pretty special moment, especially because Jake is one of the first trainers uh, as a part of Golden Home Fitness um, since the inception, or almost since the Yeah, inception. very close to Very the close, end. very close to the inception. He was basically one of the three wise men of the Golden Home Fitness birth story. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, uh, so it's really cool, and I don't know why you haven't been on a podcast yet, um, but uh, this is a good time to do, do the kind of first live interview, which I think is a good format. So Jake is an experienced personal trainer. Um, he's currently in a PhD program for exercise science, right, kinesiology? Yep, uh, health and human performance. Health and human performance. Um, and then, you know, you have a ton of experience working with clients, athletes. Um, you've worked with strength conditioning at Merrimack College as well, which is a really good um, strength conditioning pr- uh, program heard a lot of good things about. Um, And so today we'll talk about kind of why he's a personal trainer. Um, Like, you know, why does he even care about helping people with health and fitness and human performance, like his, you know, degree he's currently working on, while he's also working with a full trainer load and very active in in (coughs) business development. So he's definitely a hustler. Um, And... uh, yeah, so we'll get uh, we'll get into it, and then we'll talk about in-home training, uh, which obviously is a big focus of Golden Home Fitness. Uh, you know, going to people where they live, um, and the kind of opportunities and challenges when you take people out of the traditional gym setting. Um, so yeah, here we go. So Jake, um, you know, <laughs> why are you a trainer? Basically, what's your kind of origin story in terms of uh, how and why you know you come here today? Yeah, so growing up, I loved playing sports. Um, I was really into football, baseball, and I think what really got me into, I guess, the whole science behind movement and performance is when I started play, uh, running track. And, of course, track is, I think it's like any other sport in that, you know, you have to really train your body to adapt to different um, circumstances and being aware of how to train your body in the right way can definitely get you to the next level. So trying to push myself and be the best runner I could be, I began to research, you know, how to go about that, began working out a lot more outside of practice, um, and then learning about that just really made me want to, you know, pursue a degree in that field. 
Um, at that point, I applied to school at UMass Lowell to get my degree in exercise physiology. Um, I really loved, you know, the whole program there, and I started to do some personal training on the side. Really just fell in love with personal training, helping people out. You know, it just, it really made me feel good to get people to where they wanted to be and show them things that they didn't, they weren't already aware of. Um, yeah, so I, I did my four years at UMass Lowell, got my degree in exercise physiology. Uh, once I graduated, I became a personal, personal trainer for Golden Home Fitness. Um, at that point, I was thinking, you know, where I could go next. Uh, and then I realized a, a good path to take would be to get a master's degree in nutrition. So of course, nutrition is, you know, at least half the battle of, you know, achieving your health and fitness goals. Um, so I went to Northeastern, got my master's degree in nutrition. Um, finished that uh, about four or five months ago. And then uh, again, I asked myself, what more can I do? At that point, I uh, applied to a school called Concordia University. And that's when I uh, decided to get my PhD in health and human performance. I really wanted to expand my knowledge as, as much as I possibly could. And uh, mainly, you know, to keep helping clients and, like I said, get people to where they want to be, achieve their goals. Nice. <clears throat> definitely driven. Uh, definitely driven to help people and kind of all over the, all over the place in terms of, in a good way in terms of, um, you know, getting the nutrition master's degree, which is incredible and super impressive, and then working on the PhD in uh, human performance. Um, was there any, when you were working at UMass Lowell as a PT, you first started out, because, um, you know, I imagine it wasn't instantaneous, you're like, I want to do this, you know, professionally, um, was there any moment or client you were working with who really connected with that mission of, you know, you said, like, how people reach an, uh, an, an area within themselves they weren't aware of, <coughs> um, you know, more performance, what, was there any kind of experience for you that, to, you know, had a light switch of... Um, wow, you know, this is incredible. I want to continue to do this. I wouldn't say there was any specific point, yeah. but it was definitely a combination, or a specific person. i say it was a combination of multiple people. Mm -hmm. Like, I would train a lot of my friends. I would go to, go to the gym and work out with, uh, you know, three or four different people. And just seeing how these, uh, my friends progressed over, you know, let's say three months was, you know, a great feeling for me. Yeah. And... Uh, of course, I've been training myself the whole time too, and um, yeah, just really doing it myself and helping other people just uh, definitely pushed me to learn more and more about it, so that I can, you know, do a better job at it. Definitely, and you know, training yourself, training your friends, like I'm assuming they're not paying you boatloads of money. Then, right? Yeah, that's the so, other part of it is yeah. you know doing it for free and still exactly. enjoying it. I yep. mean, that's the. It's a key. That's definitely and so a key. So many people want something for nothing, you know, with no experience, and they don't want to train people for free. They don't want to train their friends, their mom, themselves, you know. And I think that's a big differentiator in like, how do you get just the most experience, and how do you get your feet wet, and you know, learn. And clearly, you're obsessed with learning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Well, let's get let's get into the topic. Um, <coughs> um, and there's tons of stuff. I'm sure we can talk about another time. Um, but uh, in-home training, you know, you said you started with Golden Home Fitness almost since the inception, um, and 
you know, now we work a lot with uh, apartment communities where they have a, a fitness center. Um, you know, not necessarily as expansive as a huge performance center, but you know, some things. And then also predominantly working with people in the private home setting. You know, training their living room, their you know, their uh, backyard, basement. Um, and so it's just different. And how have you seen kind of opportunities emerge from that in ways to kind of better help people while also kind of managing some of the challenges and being in a different setting? Yeah, so of course, training myself growing up and uh, training my friends, I was always in the gym setting. Mm -hmm. So when I heard about Golden Home Fitness and the thought of showing up to people's houses who may not have any equipment, mm -hmm. you know, of course it was a, a scary thought and, you know, um, I wasn't necessarily sure how to get some like great results and you know be being able to challenge somebody without you know having dumbbells or uh, a barbell or anything like that uh, but over the time I was able to adapt my training you know to get you know the positive effects that we wanted from the training um, that was that involved you know maybe using two liters of coke for yeah. you know yeah. dumbbells uh, of course a lot of body weight exercises you know depending on uh, the ability of the client yep. um, you know using uh, using a, t a kitchen room table to yeah. as a starting step for a push-up um, uh, progressing you know to a lower lower angle whether that was you know a side of the couch eventually dropping down to the knees and then once you know 10 to 15 reps was achieved on the knees that's when you can finally uh, attempt to do a real push-up so you know just using using my environment uh, in combination with adjusting different uh, different variables such as tempo um, you know using resistance bands that's definitely a, a big a big uh, a part of the in-home training which, of course, uh, has been you know great for the clients to you know not have to pay for all the, these uh, these different weights, saves time to going to and from the gym, gives them the ability to you know a lot of our clients travel around so when they're in a hotel room they know exactly what they can do without any equipment which is a uh, definitely a great thing. Yeah, exactly. Well. Um it's super important, you know, especially, I feel like people think exercise, you know, it's sets and reps. You go in the gym, people imagine they go on a treadmill, they're supposed to do their heart rates between this zone and this zone, you know, this many minutes, they're doing this many pounds and sets and reps, and everything is very structured and linear, but so much of it, as you were just talking about, you need such a high level of creativity. And, you know, it's developed, I feel like, through some of these processes, you know, as you're growing up, if you don't have access to certain equipment or if you're working with a wide variety of clients. And it's kind of a gift you can give clients of saying, like, here, now you can look at, you know, two liters of Coke. And you don't just see, you know, 800 empty calories, <laughs> but you see, you know, a great 10-pound weight. And then when you said they're on vacation, you know, or maybe on a work trip or something, if on vacation they just want to rest, which is okay, people need that sometimes, you know, if they're traveling for whatever reason, you know, having solutions that actually fit them, so it's not all or nothing, I think is really cool, um, and it sounds like that's something that's, you know, super, very important. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just there's so many possibilities, and, and people kind of need to open up the, the lens of, 
how they look at, at you know everyday objects and how they can use them. So that's awesome that you're able to do that with clients. Um, and the progressions, like you said, a lot of people think of in-home training as you know exclusively insanity or yoga or something where it's like yeah, in-home training is cool, but you know not for me. Like I I need still need to spend the time to <laughs> go to the gym and spend the money for the gym membership because I need the weights, you know, oh, like, that's just not going to work for me, or I need more weights, or, you know, just my training philosophy is stuck in this lens of, you know, I use 50-pound dumbbells, and then I use 55-pound dumbbells, and I, but there's so many different ways to look at it, and it's really shutting off a whole world of possibility if people don't have this kind of whole other lens of, like, wait a minute, I can mess with the tempo, or I can, like, do push-ups on the side of a, you know, I can put my feet on top of the sofa, you know, and make it harder and everything like that you know so that's awesome um do you have any kind of has there been any any challenge with that where you've you found resistance from clients um in terms of people wanting to stick to sort of the status quo yeah definitely um i think a lot of that has to do with the idea of like you mentioned having to do the heaviest weight possible um of course you need to challenge your body uh, quite a bit in order to make change. Um, so if you can't increase the weight, that can I can see how that can be a uh, I can see how that could be you know a scary thought you know not being able to get the results you want without challenging yourself enough. Um, but you know when that question arises, I, I can show my client you know there is a way to challenge your body enough to get the you know the wanted effects. Um, in you know many different ways yeah. yeah and let's I mean we can dive into a little bit of the, like the science from that I know you're you're super familiar but like why are we even using weights and it's we're using an external load an external resistance to generate some kind of internal response and so the point isn't the external load the point is the internal response so if there's any other way to generate the same internal response you know for and also get other benefits like time money you know simplicity whatever um, you know, then those are super valuable too. You know, in the fitness world, there's been a lot of talk about various different methods um, uh, to achieve that in terms of like blood flow restriction and training at altitude and things that are, uh, you know, maybe some some science, some a little bit questionable and certainly expensive and hard to implement. But the, you know, other things like you were saying, whether it's tempo or body weight or increasing the angle um, of work uh, to achieve the same effect of getting the internal contraction and internal stimulus that's actually the point like the point isn't some you know picking moving some, some stuff yeah, moving yeah. weight as heavy as right. possible yeah yeah unless that's your job like if you're a professional powerlifter or strongman competitor like you're aspiring to be <laughs> um or at least compete yeah but uh yeah so do you want to touch on a little bit of that kind of the me, me being a powerlifter no, 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 or <laughs> the, um, uh like what's the you know Let's act, just step back. Like, what what's the point of this? Like, you know, people you you see at the people at the gym, you see people you know using a bunch of weights, and people just assume, oh, like everybody's doing it. That's why I'm supposed to do it. But when you actually understand the science of like, no, like what's your body actually doing, and what are the adaptations you're trying to make? Like, the point isn't the weight. The point is the contraction internally that you're making. And so, how can we get those same effects in the home setting? Yeah, so uh, a lot of it, too, like uh, oftentimes in the gym, 
you'll see people doing a lot of weight, but it may not be the right technique either. Yep, so technique is a huge part. Like um, I know growing up for me, like doing a shoulder press, for example, I didn't always keep my shoulders, you know, completely down and back, yep. and I'd be doing a shoulder press. I'd be oh, able to do a lot, a lot of heavy weight, but I wasn't doing it properly. And then once I, you know, established the correct uh, technique, it makes a huge difference. My uh, the weight that I was doing dropped significantly, um, and they had a in the short term, and I had to and in the long term, of course, uh, you know, building the tendons and the muscles up at the same time, you know, allowed me to do much more weight than I was doing before. Um, So you know, the technique in itself is is definitely a huge uh, part of it all, and starting with the basics when I first see a client and teaching them the correct ways of doing things in the first place and building it off that way instead of, you know, going right to the heaviest dumbbell, even though they may be able to do it, um, if the proper form, proper form and technique isn't there, then, you know, that's when the overuse injuries come, come in and have some serious pain. Um, yeah, on top of the tempo and, you know, adding pauses and stuff like that. We I also do a lot of like instability work. So let's say for a uh, for a deadlift, for example, um, start off doing a deadlift with you know both legs planted on the ground. Um, then most people may think you know once I can do that, then I'll add some more weight. But there's also another uh, way to progress it too. You can do a single leg deadlift, and you know that's gonna challenge your body in a different way and allow you to progress to you know a whole different level. Um, doing stuff like that, you know, we have uh, a balls that we bring, um, so that's another way to add some instability, whether it's lying on a ball instead of the ground for like a shoulder press, a chest press, anything like that. Um, let's say for a, a lunge, and starting off with reverse lunges, and then uh, switching to a Bulgarian, um, Bulgarian split squat kind of thing. Yeah, rear foot elevated. Uh, lunge, that's another way to progress, and there's just so many different uh, variables and ways to change that, you know, you may not be aware of, and, you know, can save you all that, uh, that you know, money that you may spend on that extra weight. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, or you can get, you know, uh, adjustable dumbbells or something yep. that aren't, aren't too expensive, um, and, uh, Exactly. You know. Yeah. Not even yeah. just dumbbells. To, I mean, yeah. Not even just dumbbells either. Uh, yeah. Like the you past, said. this past yeah. couple, the past couple of years, I've been using a lot of kettlebells. Yeah. And right. kettlebells are, I'd say, one of the most versatile pieces of equipment that you can yeah. use. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different movements you can do, and there's just with the kettlebell, there's ways of progressing that, you know, you can't even do with a, with a different weight. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like when people want equipment to. Um, we can also help them get equipment with a good deal uh, through Grunt Fitness products information on our website. Uh, quick little plug, but um, yeah, that's you know that's really cool. And um, you know, thinking about the way the way people develop strength, like obviously there's there's two pr- primary ways. Like there's the neurological drive, and then there's the you know muscular size basically. Um, and so you can work on both you know separately and together at home too. Um, one thing that popped in my head is you were saying that too. Um, so many clients that come to us for in home, um, you know, aren't comfortable in a the gym. They, you know, what people are always staring at, you know, feel like people are always staring at them or are actually are. <laughs> um, and uh, whatever we want to say, you know, humans are social animals. And so 
when you're in a gym with a whole bunch of other people, I mean, even like I've been at some 24-hour gyms, you're there at like 5 a.m. and there's still like 40 people there. It's like, how are you all up? Um, like, you know, everyone that is awake right now is in this one gym. Um, but, uh, you know, when someone's picking up a weight, there's some piece of their brain that's going to say, you know, what do, I, what do I look like right now to everyone else in the gym that's, you know, probably not paying attention, but they, you think they might. And there's going to be some amount, like when you're in high school and you're like, I'm going to pick up the heaviest weight for this, you know, single arm row. And then you just like, you know, have a seizure on the bench and you're like flinging this weight around and you're getting no muscle, muscular activation. Um, like being at home, like you're, you're at home, like there's no one but you and the trainer, um, or just you if you're training, you know, online on your own. Um, and so like it pulls that your whole ego out of the situation. And so much of this sort of comparison, um, bias people get into in a gym and sort of ego lifting um, is completely negated at home and you know it's like it is literally just you versus you like no one cares you know and sure you could take a video of yourself and put it on Instagram and snapchat and all the all the things but um you know it's like it's literally just you versus you like when you're saying you were doing the overhead press and you had to lower the weight to work on the technique and eventually you did a lot more you know a lot more weight down the road but it's like you had to take a short-term ego hit to say like no like I I could do more weight with bad form but in the long run like having that long-term vision which is is hard for people because they have that short-term ego need so you know when you're at home it's like just lift whatever is the right weight for you to lift today like people need to also be okay with you know today like I woke up I'm really sick I slept four hours you know like you're gonna lift a little bit less weight today and that's gonna be okay but if you're in a gym you're like no like you know like I'm supposed to be lifting more um, or I'm supposed to whatever and so having that kind of comparison taken out of the situation is super helpful in the long run as well for clients yeah I can definitely understand the uh, the ego although it could be used as a, a motivator of that's course it, too yeah. um, but instead of the ego motivating in the in-home setting yep. I think it's definitely the goal what yes. the goal that you have in mind that should be the you know the true motivating right. um, motivating factor yep. and I think focusing on that instead of the ego is definitely uh, can help get you to where you want to be totally. for sure yeah there's less focus on the uh, the pump uh, <laughs> you don't need to look good as you walk out of the gym because you're not walking out of the gym um, so cool um, are there any kind of go-to um, exercises that you found to be most uh, like versatile for people in home and you know as they go in, in a hotel or you know travel where you know you find just most frequently you're saying like hey focus on these three things like we'll get these down in person and then when, it, when you're away just do these three four things um, maybe somebody that's listening could kind of um, you know do pretty easily yeah I mean I honestly like the you know basic foundational movements, um, but an exercise that I've been using more recently is the Turkish get-up. I think that's a, a great exercise that you can really do anywhere, and it needs just very little uh, yeah. little weight. Um, the Turkish get-up, uh, also of course a you know squat, a push-up, plank. I mean those four exercises right there can give you a full body workout, and they can really be done anywhere. Yeah, and they can all be progressed uh, in different ways to make them difficult enough for you know depending on your ability level yeah yep yep and even like with the Turkish get up 
you know, holding your shoe and you're falling. Yeah, balance. holding the shoe, right. holding a book, holding yep. that two liter of Coke, whatever, yep. whatever yep. it is. Keep a two liter of Coke <laughs> on you at all times. <laughs> if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, cool. Um, so maybe if somebody's listening and um, like they they're used to working out in a gym, but they're like, it's I have a gym membership. I've been two times on average in the last month and the prior months. Like, just can't find the time to go. But they know they need to, you know, do physical activity. Do you have like a couple recommendations on how they could kind of start to try a transition of like, hey, try to work out at home a little bit more and see if it works for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, as everybody knows, getting to the gym it can take you know, 15, 30 minutes just to get there, and then 15, 30 minutes to get back. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, first thing in the morning, you wake up, you know, even 30 minutes earlier than you usually do. Mm -hmm. 30 minutes is, you know, a good amount of time to get a workout in mm -hmm. uh, right before work. I mean, you do that, you know, three to five times a week, and that'd be, that's a great start right there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, maybe, um, like, uh, is there any way you, because people, you know, wake up, they just want to go back to bed, in terms of making sure they kind of instill that habit or, uh, you know, just kind of remind themselves to actually, you know, follow through? Yeah, for me personally, I put things in my calendar. Yeah. Uh, I got to make sure I get everything done in my calendar. So if yeah. I put something in um, at, you know, 7 a.m., I have to be up and working out, I, I know I have to... I know yeah. I have to do that, and that's just a way for me to hold myself accountable. And if you um, don't, it's, you know, you have to look at it on your calendar. Yeah, you have to send you these notifications, um, or even have you ever tried, like, sharing a, the calendar with somebody else where, like, if you don't do it, it, they get alerted, you know, that kind of thing? No, I haven't, yeah. but I have heard of, uh, you know, people doing challenges like that with their friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, one-month challenges who can, right. you know say, I don't know, burn the most cal calories, or I know there's certain apps that consider how high your heart rate is getting, mm -hmm. and it, give, it gives you, you know, points yeah. accordingly, yep. and so that can be a fun way, uh, and a motivating way to, you know, get you active, yeah. especially if you have, you know, friends or family that, you know, want to get, you know, good results as well. Yeah. That can definitely be a huge motivating factor. Yeah, and I think a key thing there is fun, like you said too, you know, especially if you're looking to set a new habit, exercise, a lot of people hate exercising, you know, it's like one of the top things that they don't look forward to, so if there's any way you can make it fun, you know, some if it's first thing in the morning, you know, ideally you want to be going to bed, like, excited to wake up in the morning because you're going to do the thing that is fun and really happy. Um, so whatever that means for you, and then maybe there's an app, or maybe you know there's some routine, or having a coach come to you, and they have a fun personality, and you know they push you, and you feel better after. Um, but just reminding yourself of ways that it's going to make you feel better and going to like enrich your life, and not just kind of in this sort of self-sacrifice, long-term benefit, which is true, but also get some kind of short-term fun uh, thing, you know, listening to your favorite music, or you know whatever it is for you um, kind of figure that out um, but like like one example I've done when I tried to do um, some stuff in the morning is like put some YouTube thing on a on a TV or put you know like a, a 
tablet or your computer up with, if you don't have like a smart TV with apps and stuff on it with like YouTube and something that you find really funny or really cool like I would watch like college football highlight tapes with music and stuff in the background and it's like it's just fun and it's just, I'd enjoy watching it and then it's like while I'm watching this I'm just gonna do a couple jumping jacks and it's like that's adding something so small but I'm first at you know 10 minutes and then I'm like I don't want to stop this is awesome so then you do it for 30 minutes and before you know it you burn like 400 calories and your heart rate's like crushing it and then you feel great ready for your day um, so I know that's something I've tried in the past with success um, where it's like you don't even have to really like change it's just like roll out of bed fill up your water bottle or ideally have it already filled and just like start like shimmying <laughs> and like move just like jump a little and then your heart rate's gonna get up and then by the time you're five minutes in you know you got momentum and then you're really enjoying it and then uh, you know it, the key is fun like you know what are we talking about here like all of us are gonna die <laughs> make the most out of it and let's prolong that you know death date as far as we can and then while we're here enjoy it like you know the self-sacrifice is important but also you know don't do that at the expense of enjoying the time that you're here yeah i really like the idea of the music yeah. um i think a good way to go about that is you know just creating a playlist beforehand yeah Th throw like uh i don't know 20 30 songs into a playlist yeah. that you know are you know really gonna you really like and they're gonna motivate you totally um I think that's a good idea, and I've heard many times clients, you know, are you know get home later on in the day watching you know sports, TV, News, yeah. anything like that, and in between, uh, well during the commercials, you know, doing any sort of any sort of exercise. What do you have like three minutes in between uh, shows yeah, for yeah. a commercial, something like that? So, I mean, a thirty-minute show that's what like nine minutes or so. In an hour, twenty minutes. I mean, that can be a yeah. a great way, and you know, you just got to make sure that as soon as that commercial hits, that you're you're doing something. Yeah. So I think that could be also a good way of going about it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. And regarding the music, um, we actually have a playlist on Spotify. If you want to try our playlist. Um, where every trainer has um, suggested their two favorite workout songs of all time um, or right now depending on their flavor at the moment that I ask them um, and uh, so right now um, I think we're at about 20 something songs so check it out Golden Home Fitness um, uh, trainer workout mix I think is what it's called and we might change that soon to Golden Home Fitness team or something, but just search Golden Home Fitness on Spotify. You'll find this podcast, and you'll also find that playlist. Um, so check that out. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, you know, matching with things you're already doing, like you know, while your coffee's brewing, do a couple push-ups, or you know, while the Keurig is warming up, or put little furniture sliders next to your bed. And like you have to step on them to go to bed, and like your feet's already on them. It's like, well, I might as well just like do some lunges or like drop the floor and do some mountain climbers, you know? Um, cool, cool, cool. Any kind of um, I'm sure I get into more stuff, but any final thoughts on kind of the in-home training? This could obviously be like a ten podcast series. Any more thoughts on in-home training? I think it just comes down to you can great get a great. Uh, workout at home, no matter what your t your uh, your fitness level is, 
And like we keep saying, there's just so many different ways to challenge challenge your body. Um, start small. Start and then small. Make, make small incremental improvements. And then before you know it, it's, you know, it's like, duh, you know, clearly. Um, cool. So we'll, we'll do a kind of rapid fire round of some fun questions um, that Jake has had no time to prep for. Um, so Jake, if you had to perform one exercise for the rest of your life, what would that be? Front squat. Why? Uh, the front squat requires a lot of core stability. Mm, yep. Of course, core stability is probably one of the most important things mm -hmm. uh, as you get older. You know, keep your back nice and safe. Uh, front squat, of course, requires a great, uh, great um, requirement from the lower body. So it also involves that. Also, the upper body. I mean, the upper back strength that's that's needed in order to. You know, keep the elbows at a, a certain point. But overall, I think it's a, just a great full body workout. Um, my second favorite would probably be the deadlift for many of the same reasons. <laughs> I know I only get one, but if I had to throw a second yes. one, that would be it. Got it. Those do work together well for keeping the chest upright. Um, cool. Um, so you're uh, you're hosting a dinner. You get three guests, dead or alive, fictional, real. Uh, who do you want there and why? I definitely want Joe Rogan there. Okay. He just knows a lot about a lot of different things, and I feel like he's al always a uh, interesting conversationalist. Yep. So he, he just might talk for three hours. <laughs> he, might just, he might talk for three hours, probably even longer. Uh, and he's a comedian. And he's a comedian, so you know it's going to be entertaining. Hmm. Two more. Two more. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Okay, yeah. I think he's a, would be a good one. I've read a lot of his books, um, Outliers, uh, Tipping Point. He has a lot of interesting ideas on you know yeah, on the on, on pretty much everything. And let's see who else. One last one. Simon Sinek. Yeah. If I'm saying his last name properly. It's, yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> I believe. Yeah, he wrote a book uh, starts with why. Yeah. Um, which is something I follow with personal training yeah. and you know many other aspects of life uh, so I think he'd be a, a great person to talk to it's as really well fun. he has a ton of awesome like TED talks and talks for like 99U some other ones on YouTube it's really funny the dinner thing because he has another book called Leaders Eat Last and so <laughs> it'd be really funny to see if he eats last <laughs> if he takes his portion of food last um, but uh, yeah he's a, he's a really smart guy um, cool. One superpower. Being able to teleport anywhere I want would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Where would you teleport? Right now. Where would I teleport to? Well... How about this? If you got... So let's say you, you, your teleportation superpower has like an expiration date and you only get to use it three times. Hmm. Well, I'm going to Florida in a couple of days, so I'll I'll, I'll, I'll save I'll save that one. Uh, maybe somewhere. Oh, well, Alaska seems really beautiful, or like Iceland or Greenland. Mm. That seemed like a very uh, like northern. Yeah, like mm -hmm. seem like beautiful places. Yeah, I'd choose. I'd probably choose one of those. Okay, one more. One more. Ooh, Australia. 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 Where, go there. Or why? Like what? Uh, thing to see. 
I'd be interested in seeing the, the animals there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And she was like, just a fun place to be. Yeah, they have an awesome sports science um, university. Oh, I wasn't even aware well. of that. Yeah, they they do a ton of leading sports science research for rugby and Aussie football. So yeah, it just seems like a, a completely like, different place. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people actually go there for for school. Oh, cool. Like uh, maybe uh, online or something. So enroll. I don't know some Canberra University or something. Um, cool. Um, What's your favorite color? Blue. Why? <laughs> I don't have a reason why. Because your car is blue? Yeah, and golden. And golden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Of course, my last two cars. Okay, nice. Yeah, there you <laughs> and go. of course, Golden Home Fitness is dark yep. blue as well. Yep. The royal blue, I should say. Yes, royal. Royal blue. Cool. Um, cool. What's your favorite uh, workout song of all time? I know you submitted two to the playlist, but one. It's not on the playlist, we're going to have to make some changes. That's probably not going to be in the playlist, that I'll mention. Probably. But this is a fluid two song, so if you want to swap it out, you can't. You just only get two. What have I been listening to lately? I don't know. All time. <laughs> Holy Diver's always a good one. Yeah. Who's that by? Kill Switch. Nice. I like System of a Down too, like Chop Suey and yep. Toxicity. They're hard rock bands. Yeah. Do you go to concerts much? No. Never? Uh, no, I've only been to one. Which? Jack Johnson. <laughs> Jack Johnson, nice. Yeah, not something I want to work out to. <laughs> nah? No. Sometimes, sometimes. May, it depends on the workout. If it's like yeah. a, sometimes like a counterintuitive benefit. Really, which is so ridiculous. You start laughing, you get your core engaged. Yeah. You know, it's helpful. Depends on the workout. Yeah. If it was more of like a, a flow type thing, then then maybe yoga. Yeah, more of like a yeah. yoga flow. I, try, I could probably get more into it. Cool. Sounds good. I think we're pretty much wrapping up. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, do you have any uh, any social media stuff? Facebook. I know you have a Facebook page. You want to promote? Obviously, Golden Home Fitness. Everything you know at Golden Home Fitness on Instagram. Just Golden Home Fitness on Facebook. Just search Golden Home Fitness anywhere, and you're gonna find us. Um, and, uh, yeah, Jake. Yeah, my Instagram, Jake underscore Friedman5. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I have two profiles, my, you know, regular profile, and I also have a coaching profile, which I post a lot of my workout videos and, um, a lot of, uh, you know, workouts I do with my clients. Yeah, you can find me in those two places. Nice. If you're around Boston, you can have Jake put you through a free workout complimentary personal training session. If you go to goldenhomefitness.com slash let's move, um, L-E-T-S-M-O-V-E or if you give us a call at 844-704-9477 and I've only said it like 30 times <laughs> exactly. alright thank you um, thanks for listening um, and stay tuned for more now here we have some bloopers from earlier in the show um, enjoy you like Super Bowl though? Say it again. You like the Super Bowl? I barely watched Did, it. You didn't? No. <laughs> Working? Or? Uh, we went to King's that night. Yeah, oh yeah. So yeah. we played some pool, went yeah. bowling. Cool. We... Uh, Evan and Devilla. Nice, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. I know you said you don't watch football that much. No, right? I really don't watch any sports, honestly. Yeah, that's right. I know we were talking about that. Be like playing sports. Yeah, I do like playing sports. Yeah, right, very, very much so. Disc golf. Yes, disc golf. Is, there, is it something where you, when it's called like frisbee golf, where it's like less... 
prestigious or something. Isn't that something that's a thing? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Um, when I had some friends who were really into disc golf in like 2010, um, I think they were saying that like saying frisbee golf was like a no-no. A little bit offensive to, yeah. Yeah. It's like the equivalent of calling, I don't know, football like hand egg. No, I've definitely. Like like football, like um, European football, you know, world football, South America, Africa, whatever, um, calling it like soccer and they're no, I've definitely heard that a couple of times, although I do catch myself calling it frisbee golf sometimes yeah. instead of disc yeah. golf. Yeah. But disc I mean, golf but is like definitely, definitely the frisbee. proper term. Like, ultimate frisbee is, like, a badass sport. Yeah, but it is. then, like, it's not ultimate disc. So then I don't know why the disc golf people are all, like... Because it's, it's not a frisbee is the thing. That's, because that's why... Because they're the shape uh, of them, and you have, like, your driver and your putter. The putters are more like frisbees, right? They're wider, thicker. Not necessarily wider. Okay. They're like the, the, usually... The, um, depth, right? Yes, they have a... More, like, drift. They have a bigger rim. Like, they have a longer, longer rim, if that makes sense. And the drivers are more of a slanted rim. So you can fit your fingers deeper underneath the putters compared to, like, a more slanted... Yeah, yeah. I don't know the terminology, so I'm just like... I I don't even know if that's a proper terminology. Yeah, right, right. I'm sure that, you know, disc golf police would be like, hold up. I'm sure they would be, too. Cool. That's good stuff. Um... We should have more depth about this later, so we'll get into this. I'm just having some fun seeing what we can catch here. Um, uh, maybe we'll put out like a little bloopers thing at the end. But yeah, um, why not? Uh, did, you did see the halftime show, though? Do you no. have context? No. Oh, so because you, you were saying you just heard about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I heard yeah, of yeah. different things. Yeah, yeah. Saw and some clips. you also don't listen to Travis Scott much? Um, I, th- I believe I... Well, I did go through that album when it first okay, came when out. when it first came out, Yeah. World. Yeah. yeah. So I probably heard that song yeah, that you were referring to. It's, it's hard sometimes with like streaming now where albums are just so long and there's just so many, there's no structure a lot of times. Astroworld there actually is a, lot, a good amount of structure. Um, but it's like, it's hard to just listen to the whole album. How long? How many songs are there? I don't know, I have to check. But it's, um, it's at least 14. Oh, damn. Because um, the reason there was like 10, like 8 to 12 tracks in most albums was that's all you could fit on a CD. Like, that's just oh, the size of the album. That's an interesting point. Yeah. And then, like, the whole Kanye 7 albums thing, uh, he was just, whatever, about number 7. But, um... <clears throat> Pusha T, album of the year, Daytona. Cool. <clears throat> so we'll get started. The simple. Wada. Get some of that, too. Every time I said water, like, you know, Boston accent, Wada. Um, it just reminds me of like a world anti-doping agency. WADA, W-A-D-A. And I can't get that out of my head. Oh. <laughs> like the people that, you know, that's the, that's the, ac- that's the acronym, W-A-T-A. Ben Johnson, W-A-D-A, oh. WADA, oh. World Anti-Doping Agency. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> so here we go. Let's do it. 